charges have been dropped for Voodoo Man. So the last two weeks, maybe three, uh, we've talked about a guy who made creepy voodoo, voodoo <laughs> who made creepy voodoo dolls, stuck Vladimir's information. Val, Vladimir, let's start again. For the last two or three weeks, we've been talking about a man who took voodoo dolls, put Vladimir Putin's information into the doll, and nailed it to a sacred tree, which is how you send people to hell in Japan. Uh, didn't work. Vladimir Putin is not in hell. Maybe he is, because he's in Russia. <gasps> that's it. That's me dishing on all of Russia. How do you like that? Gonna start again. I'm gonna start again. The last couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to start with the music again, cut out all everything that just happened. Voodoo Man has been... Fuck. Once I get going, it's going to be fine. This is the third false start. I've actually... And I'm not... Last week I was wrecked. Today I'm not wrecked. I'm just mentally not with it. I'm going to start one more time. I could just do like three hours of the song and then you get the longest Ninja News Japan ever. There was a guy the last two, three weeks, he's been making voodoo dolls. The voodoo dolls, he puts Vladimir Putin's information into the doll and nails it to a sacred tree, which is how you curse someone and send them to hell in Japan. Now, Vladimir Putin has not been sent to hell that we know of. He is living in Russia. He might be living in his own personal hell. But I think this was a more literal, like, sending him to hell, killing him kind of thing. I found this really, really interesting for a variety of reasons. One, because I'm not religious, so it's weird to me to think that of someone who lives in a world where they think, like, curses work. Unless he was just doing this for fun. That is the question that I had more than anything else. Did the guy cursing people think that this was going to work? That, that to me, was the real question. Did he think this was going to actually have an effect? Was it going to have an impact? They never interviewed him. It turned out to be like a 72-year-old dude who I assume just had too much free time. was like, you know what? I'm going to make some cursed dolls. I'm going to curse Vladimir Putin. See what happens. Uh, the charges for Voodoo Man have been dropped. Um, I think there's two reasons this could have happened. One, he's clearly ready to curse people. So if you charge, this is like when you cross the gypsy in, in a monkey paw situation and they curse you and then everything that, that good happens in your life after the second week or something turns out to be bad. Uh, so there's the ironic curse. Uh, I don't think he's that powerful. I don't think if he was that powerful, he would have got arrested in the first place, unless that's part of the plan. The reason the charges were dropped was the shrine decided not to pursue the matter. So the shrine... So he, it was two charges. One was trespassing. Oh, Dave's going to settle in the back. So let's let Dave do that. I'm just going to just wait. He turns, turns, three, two turns, three turns? Should have counted. When I do, the, when I do the, the playback, I will actually count how many turns Dave made before he settled down. That's important. It's important we get a, an understanding of Dave the Creature. Voodoo Man story. Maybe Voodoo Man has cursed me, which is why I can't get this story out. I kind of want to start again. And since I've had three false starts, let's do that. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about Voodoo Man. Voodoo Man has not going... Is, fuck! <laughs> I'm now going too fast. Okay. 
this guy, 72 year old man decided he, he didn't, he wasn't pleased with Vladimir Putin. He's like, what can I do about it? What can I as an individual do? How can I take action? This is interesting because this shows that my show is not scripted and you can actually go back and listen to all three, four false introductions and hear how I've approached each one a different way. And I'm talking faster because I'm excited to try to get this going and it's not working. He's like, I want to take charge. I want to do something. And that's the kind of, I appreciate that aspect of this story almost more than anything else. Like, here's a guy who's like, what can I, a 72 year old man do to stop the war in Ukraine? Oh, come on. Ukraine. That's a word I can say. I can create a small voodoo doll, put Vladimir Putin's information in it, nail it to a sacred tree, and that will drag Vladimir Putin to hell. I know this because I watched the anime Hell Girl where you actually in that go on to a website and then to seal the deal, you go on to uh, go to the sacred tree and nail the, the thing to the tree. And then she drags the person you curse straight to hell. Of course, that means like a week later you go to hell because that's the payment for having someone sent to hell. The shrine where he committed trespassing and nailing stuff to the tree is also vandalism. Uh, decided to drop the charges. They decided not to pursue the matter any further. And I was thinking that's because they're dealing with a man who is ready to curse people. Right? So, like, if you're in the religion game. So, again, I have said many times, I'm not particularly religious. I don't believe in curses and stuff. But if you're in that game and you believe that stuff, which I assume the people in the shrines kind of believe curses and magic and stuff because it's part of their thing. They're dealing with a guy Maybe he's got the strong magic. Maybe they looked at this voodoo doll and were like, nah, man, we don't want to mess with this guy. Let's just let him go. And he's cursing Vladimir Putin. No, I think universally we're in sort of agreement that Vladimir Putin isn't a great guy. And I don't know if he should be cursed to hell. I actually, at this point, don't think it's the worst thing that could have happened. Him being cursed to hell is kind of fine. So I, I don't know. I don't have the answer myself, but voodoo guy wanted to take charge and do something and he did. And the the shrine where he did it was like, you know what, the police just let him go. We don't want to deal with this. I also thought maybe, maybe there's been an uptick in visitors. Because I, as a non-religious person, kind of wanted to go to the place where the voodoo guy went. And, okay, so if I was running the shrine, I'm a particular, Japanese temples and shrines, they're not mercenary, but they do want people to come and they do want the money. It's the donation money. I would have put up more voodoo said like here's the dolls where we curse people now that's probably not the message they want to send they don't want to be like religion is black magic and we're doing bad things and we're sending people to hell and stuff but i mean imagine the money you could make if you were like hey we got this little shack around the back this little mini temple where we sell the voodoo dolls and you can curse some people to hell because maybe we think nothing's gonna happen so if nothing's gonna happen it's all right that's not cool don't do that don't curse people to hell uh, but if you do, there's a very good chance you're not going to get arrested for it. Randy Bachman. Now, this is Ninja News Japan. We don't we talk about Japanese-related stuff. And so you're like, hey, Randy Bachman is a Canadian guitar player. A, Peter, you don't actually know who he is. I know he is in Bachman Turner Overdrive because his name's in the title, and I remember that name. I cannot honestly say I've heard a song. I know throughout the pantheon of all my life, there's been a Bachman, a Randy Bachman song playing in the background. I could not, if you said, here's a song, and is that by him? I would have no idea. 
So I, he's a very famous person for other people. He had a guitar stolen 45 years ago uh, on a tour. And that same guitar was recently found in Japan. And this was very interesting because for the whole 45 years, he's like, this was my first expensive guitar. He bought it when he was 19. Uh, so it was very special. He kind of like wrote a lot of his hits on it. Ones, of course, I've never heard of. A guy bought this guitar at a vintage shop in Japan. He found a video of someone playing it. Oh, no, he found a video of someone playing uh, Randy Bach. Fuck. I, maybe I'm going too fast. I'm going to try to slow down. Let's take a deep breath. Everybody. All right. He f- they found a video of someone playing it, and they matched the wood grain on the guitar in the video to the wood grain of a picture of Randy Bachman playing the same guitar. And that's how they figured out it was the same guitar. They reached out to the guy who bought the guitar, and just recently on July 1st, just a few days ago, Randy Bachman came to Japan and picked up the guitar that was stolen from him 45 years ago, which is a really nice story. And you know the Japanese who did it, who's obviously a guitar fan and has lots of money to buy guitars? He just gave it to him. He didn't ask for any money. He said, like, you know what would be great is if you wrote a hit on that guitar that I have played now, I would feel really good about that. Randy Bachman, to say thank you, gave him a very similar and also very expensive guitar. I don't know enough about guitars. I also don't care about guitars. I, I would like to learn more about some of the stories we talk about, but honestly, I would love to learn way more about voodoo dolls than about guitars. Because that is a more interesting thing, because guitars don't send people to hell. Voodoo dolls do. So last year I made a joke. JAXA, the Japanese space agency, was looking for applicants. It's like, I should apply. And then I said, you know, I'm super old. They would never take me. And then I looked at the list of applicants, and some of them were older. And I was like, shit, maybe I should have applied. You probably have to be Japanese. But part of the test is an English test, which I would have probably passed i mean i don't know about flying colors but i probably would have passed and then the science portion probably not so much and essay writing i would have killed the essay writing section 2226 people passed the paper test out of 4127 applicants i now really wish i'd done it just so i could see if i was able to pass the paper test to be an astronaut then 188 men and 17 women passed the next exam to become actual astronaut applicants. I don't think they're astronauts yet. Uh, The goal is to send some more diverse people into space with more diverse skills and also like also older people, younger people, stuff like that. They also have a long-term goal of sending a, have the first woman on the moon. They want it to be a Japanese woman, which is a very nice goal. I actually think it's really neat. 61 of the people are under 30. 107 of the people are in their 30s. 31 people are in their 40s. And six people are in their 50s. So I could have been in that last group. They took six people in their 50s. I bet I could have passed the physical part. I don't know. I don't know what the physical part is. I I think I, I... Damn it. Any Ainu in the applicant pool? That is a great question. Uh, they did not give any background. Uh, they were really just saying men, women, and age groups, demographic-wise. But, yeah, I don't know. Really, the first problem, did any Ainu apply? So they, the Ainu in this situation may have been the same situation as me, where they're like, they're not going to take me, so I'm not going to apply in the first place. 
Whereas I just assumed I'm not Japanese, so they're not going to take a non-Japanese person to be a Japanese astronaut. But maybe they would have. Because they took 188 men and 17 women. I mean, there's no reason for them to say, like, if I'm representing Japan, do I have to be Japanese if it's the space program? If the primary language of space stuff is English, my English, again, like I said, is, is passable. So I think I, I think I, I now really kind of regret I would have enjoyed to do the test so I could come back and report what the test is. And if I passed, that would have been insane. I would love to know what the physical part is. And actually, like Green Jenny just posted, the demographic pool, it would have been nice to see up front. Like, was there, what kind of diversity was there? It is the Japanese space program. So I assume the Japanese space program is just mainland Japanese people. Hey, Okay, Jenny has also written the primary language of space stuff. I hope that's in the official literature. You will find the language I use is designed for the common man. (laughs) I am speaking to a broad swath of the population and therefore trying to make sure everyone understands what what I'm talking about. Yes, English is the primary language of space stuff. I think we should now quote that. I think it should be officially the primary language of space stuff. And you've now just thankfully hit the end of that story for me. This is an interesting conundrum that politicians are in right now. So politicians right now, this is a campaign period in Japan. So you have politicians, they're going around on vans and they stand on top of the van. They don't stand on the top of the van when it's going. They just, they drive around in the van. It makes a lot of noise. I hate those things. They start exactly at nine o'clock and they'll wake you up. They're super loud. But when they give speeches, they stop a van in front of a station. They get on top of the van and they give a speech. So... The government has stated that people outside don't have to wear masks, okay? So there's never been a mask mandate in Japan as people were wearing masks previous to the pandemic. Asking people to wear masks, it just was universally adopted without any trouble at all because there was no stigma attached to it. I actually didn't like it at first. I really hated wearing masks at first. Then I got used to it. Now I actually don't care. I have realized my allergies have been better over the last couple of years. Uh, I don't, I haven't caught any colds or flu. Flu's like a zero right now for the whole country. So that is all pretty good. So I'm not anti-mask. I never was. I was uncomfortable, but then I bought these nice, I actually have some here. I got these nice second generation Under Armour masks, which are triple ply, but very light. And I actually quite like those. I actually have a bunch of those. I wear those every day to work. I wear them on the train, but like everyone else, I'm also wearing them outside when I walk around. The government says you don't have to do that as long as you're not stopping and talking. Okay, so the, the government's message is you don't have to wear a mask. These politicians are campaigning. The people have decided that they should wear a mask. There is social pressure to continue wearing a mask. If I go downtown and I take my mask off, everyone's going to start staring at me. No one will really say anything because, again, it's not like a rule or a law, but the, you'll get the looks. So these politicians are now in an interesting conundrum where do they not wear a mask while campaigning because they're outside, thus supporting the rule of law or the rule of government that they have put forward, or do they wear the mask and give in to social pressure because they're trying to appeal to the people they're speaking to who are all probably wearing masks? There is no solution. It is very interesting, though, to see. I walked by a van the other other day, and the guy was wearing a mask while he was campaigning. So I was like, huh, 
Right now, 62% of the people, there was a survey done, 62% of the people who were surveyed said they continue to wear a mask in public and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. So there's like a 30-some percentage people who maybe are taking their mask off when they're walking around, but it's still pretty small. And that was maybe in Tokyo. When I go to the station near my work, which is a fairly busy station, it is way more than 62%. I would say it's in the high 90s, probably like 98% of the people are wearing masks. The people who don't wear masks stand out. Like you notice them immediately because I haven't seen a human face in two years that when I see a human face, it's almost a little shocking. And some people should keep their masks on. So remember Trump and the whole uh, tax thing that he wouldn't give out his tax records which is apparently like a, a, a tradition in america but um he refused to do it because he said he didn't have to and they were being audited and stuff every year in japan all the lawmakers income is published publicly so you know exactly how much people in the government are making like politicians so the average income this is interesting for a politician in japan from Two years ago to last year went from 24.16 million yen to 22.55 million yen. So it actually went down about 2 million yen in a year. This will include everything though. So it's not their pay for being a politician. It includes their investments. It includes all the money they make in a year. So one of them made like 100 million yen or 1,000 million yen or something down from like a billion yen. But he is like a son of an investor and has like just millions and millions of yen in investments this is part of the public record so you know how much your politicians make in japan which i found very interesting the average income in japan is between four and five million yen so the average politician is making four to five times more money a year than the average citizen i don't know what to do with that information but it is interesting a 20-year-old man sent a knife to the imperial household. <laughs> My first thought, when I, this is not the first time we've had people sending knives to other people, I assume is a threat. Weirdly, my first thought was, ooh, free knife. Um, it's 17 centimeter blade. So it's, you know, big, but it's not gigantic. Uh, and the police said, plus an illegible letter. So he had like handwriting like mine where you basically couldn't read it anyway. So it was probably full of like really flowery, flowery, threatening language. I keep blending my words together today for some flowery, flowery, threatening, flowery, threatening, not flowering, flowery, threatening language, but no one could read it. So everyone's like, what the hell is this? The sender included their own name and address on the letter pack. (laughs) So the detectives did not have to, they did not earn their money that day. So basically a knife shows up in a mail pack. So it's like, it's like a thick letter that you send for official mail. Uh, they send a, a letter to uh, the Imperial household. Uh, they're like, someone opened it up and said, hey, a knife and a letter I can't read. I assume this is a threat. Call the police. Please show up. And they look at the letter. They're like, huh, here's his name and here's his address in the upper right corner. Let's go talk to him. Then they arrested him and they said he's been rambling since his arrest. So uh, obviously there's other issues going on there. So I, I feel like I can't make fun of someone who's having that kind of issue. But I did enjoy that the detectives were just like case closed almost instantly. 
A trading company got into a weird kind of trouble in Japan because they wanted to promote child rearing. Oh, God damn, I'm really struggling today. They wanted to promote child rearing, which is a weird thing to want to promote, but uh, there is the the birth rate declining in Japan is a significant issue. Uh, We've done in News Japan dozens of stories about plans to increase the birth rate that were obviously going to fail from the beginning because they don't deal with the core issue. The core issue being... You have to have people who have time to have babies. (laughs) Japanese world... Okay, I don't know if I should break it down every single time. But I feel like the government and news outlets in Japan never actually talk about the core issue. They talk around the issue. The work culture in Japan is designed to not support a family. If you are a worker, you are at work 20 hours a day. If you... Now, if you need a double income to survive, you don't want kids because you need that double income just to survive. You can't have caretaking. Women don't want to give up their careers because they don't have time to take care of babies and to have a career. Companies are not structured to support that. Those are the core issues. I think the core issue is just people work too much. They don't form relationships. They don't want to have the burden of marriage in a family. So they don't have babies. It's not an appealing prospect if life is already tough and you spend 90% of your life working. The solution is to stop overtime, give people more holidays, uh, enforce paternity and maternity leave. So a different story. I didn't actually do it this week. They're going to try to rename paternity leave so it doesn't have such a stigma. I don't think that's going to work. But again, that's like one of their solutions is let's not change the the problem. Let's not fix the problem. Let's just rename one of the things and maybe the, the problem associated with it will stop. I don't know. It's silly. The company, though, how they got in trouble is they're like, we want to encourage people. And they actually had a good record. Like if you actually looked at the record of women working for the company who had children, it was higher than the national average. So they actually were doing a good job and in some way supporting women having babies. So they actually were doing it right. In 2021, the women in the company had 1.97 babies. <laughs> That's it. That's It's not 1.97%. It was the number of babies. So a woman working at the company probably has one or two children. More likely to be two because it's 1.97, um, which is above the Japanese average. Most people are only having one child. They attributed this to flexible working hours, which is great. No overtime after 8 p.m., which I think they should pull that back to 5 p.m., but again, none of my business. But if you have flex time, maybe that's okay. Uh, And they wanted to show women can work at this company and have kids. So actually, more progressive attitude than other Japanese companies. The way they messed up, though, was they decided to publish the birth rate of employees, only females, uh, publicly. And then they did an estimate of how many babies the women were likely to bear in a lifetime as an, and then made that like an index for an advancement, which is insane. It's weird to me that they only did the women because it's not like the men don't participate in baby making. So it would have been, it's, it's more targeted and more humiliating because it's only women, which I think is incredibly short sighted and unfair and stupid, which of course I would put money on that the person organizing this was a man. Uh, but anyways, so they decided to publish this publicly and a whole bunch of people were like, dude, I don't want to be raided by my baby making powers. I don't think that's how companies should work. And it's not. Uh, let's just make it take a Ninja News Japan stance. Ninja News Japan takes stances. The stances Ninja News Japan takes are pretty easy to hold on to. <laughs> 
You shouldn't rank women based on their baby-making abilities. Uh, and it should not be part of their advancement uh, potential. So this company got in trouble, which is in a weird way too bad because it seems like in the other aspects of their culture, they had actually been doing a pretty good job. And so they just messed it up. Okay, last story. There was a guy who was arrested, and he was arrested because he had trained an AI bot to remove the pixelization mosaic on pornography. Um, So basically, he would get a Japanese porn. He would run it through this AI. The AI would remove the pixels, and it didn't actually remove the pixels so much as get a photorealistic genitals to replace what was pixelated. Um, So you weren't getting the original. I don't know if this is important to the porn connoisseurs out there, but you weren't getting the original. You were getting a digital facsimile of what the computer thought the genitals looked like. I'm trying to say this in like uh, the least offensive terms possible. But also it's kind of funnier that way. He then took these videos and sold them online. So first issue is he was pirating these movies. So he was the, he was breaking copyright stuff. If it, Green Jenny's still there, breaking copyright stuff is now a law in Japan. <laughs> he was pirating the copies, creating a photorealistic representation of what was supposed to be in there, which is illegal because you're not supposed to show genitals in porn- pornographic films, and then selling them online. So he was in uh, the display of obscene electromagnetically recorded media, so video, and copyright were violations. He was given two years in prison with a three-year suspended sentence. So if he has three years where he doesn't do anything, he actually won't get punished at all, which I think he could probably handle. He was fined two million yen. The kicker to me is he made an estimated 11 million yen selling these depixelized videos. So in a weird way, he's still up nine million yen. So he got in trouble. He's not allowed to do it for three more years. But he made 9 million yen that he gets to keep from his crime. So I guess if people say crime doesn't pay, this guy's inspirational? I didn't want that to be the last sentence, but I guess it is.